Warning, the following episode of the Seriously Wrong podcast is intended to be listened to by Mike Rowe, TV personality, former host of Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe only. If you are not former TV host of Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe, this podcast is not for you. You like, Like, it's not illegal to listen to it if you really want to, but... Yeah, it's, it's just you've not made with you in mind. Yeah, you're just it's voyeuristic and you have to acknowledge that going in. You're wrong. I'm wrong. We are both wrong. Society is wrong and we are wrong. Our bias is wrong, our bias is wrong. And if we tell them that they are wrong, we'll never be wrong because we know we're seriously wrong. You're This is a conversation between Sean and Aaron and Mike Rowe, former TV personality Mike Rowe. Yeah, you came to me with this. You were like, hey, let's let's do an episode on the sweat pledge, Mike Rowe. And I was like, who's Mike Rowe? What is the sweat pledge? And then I didn't click on the link that you sent me until yesterday. Read through the pledge. I've just, I've seen it. I've seen it posted around Facebook. Who do you know that's posting this? I mean, you don't have to name names, but it just seems like... So the things that, well, you think I don't have hardworking friends? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just don't have hardworking friends. I don't have friends who are like hardworking in a way that they re- that they want to brag about it and also force you to be hardworking. <laughs> so the Sweat Pledge, uh, which is written by... Former TV host. Mike Rowe, who now runs some sort of scholarship thing or other for people to get into trades it's called the sweat pledge and sweat stands for skill and work ethic aren't taboo uh, which i didn't even realize that they were taboo i didn't know that we had to stand up to hard to, to people who were against hard work i mean i always thought that was kind of a fringe position that i kind of have held in the past that like you know hard work is bad and we should work to eliminate it but I, I feel like it's not really a mainstream thing. I mean, there, there's definitely a mainstream sentiment of like people like to do as little as possible. There's praise for labor saving devices like like the dishwasher. <laughs> the dishwasher is a good thing <laughs> compared to not having a dishwasher. But um, yeah, like as far as a taboo against work ethic, maybe... If you're someone who really, really values hard work, like it's an identity defining mm-hmm. thing for you. Yeah. Maybe in that context, when you look out at the world, it feels like there's this all encompassing conspiracy against hard work, trying to convince people that being lazy is good. Right. And that working yeah. hard is bad or foolish. I think I could actually see that. Like I, I can understand how you would see that, I think. Okay, we both got our sweat pledges here. You can write in front of us. Yeah, um, and I mean, strongly considering signing this at this point. <laughs> we need to take it point by point. Yeah, let's talk See it if over. it's something that matches our values before we sign up. <laughs> I like how you printed these out for us, though. I like you printed these for yourself, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, where else would you get them? <laughs> Silly question. <laughs> I ordered them from Micro. <laughs> So does this have something to do with his scholarship? Like he wants his scholarship. You, he's you have this? to sign this right, to, to get apply the for the scholarship. Oh, to just even apply. Yeah. But what if you don't get the scholarship? Is it still binding? It's still binding. <laughs> <laughs> you're still, you're still <laughs> all 12. Micro has people like follow you and make sure that you continue to believe these things. Okay, sweat pledge. Number one, I believe that I have won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive. I walk the earth. I live in America. Above all things, I am grateful. Okay, well, I just need to nitpick. I'm pretty sure the greatest lottery of all time was a specific lottery for a lot of money. Oh, like there was, yeah, like whatever the highest yeah, Powerball. Lot- <laughs> but I mean, I you could make the argument that... Like the the comparison between us and the person who won like whatever number you're going to pop up here with, um, the difference between us and them is smaller than the distance between us and the most poverty stricken people on the planet. The greatest lottery of all time is Spain's Sorteo Extraordinario de Navidad, which is the Spanish Christmas lottery. (laughs) 
How in, much do you win? In in twenty sixteen, the total prize is two points over two billion dollars. Okay, but he's using the term lottery metaphorically. He's not talking about like like the lot like winning the lottery. I just like, think it's a delusion <laughs> to think that you've won the Spanish Christmas lottery if you haven't. And I'm just <laughs> He literally, in order to apply for the scholarship, you need to tell Mike Rowe, I have won the Spanish Christmas lottery. <laughs> you're just like, you're not one of those potential people that had never existed, you know? Like you're I not, believe that your, I have won sperm, the Spanish Christmas lottery. Your sperm I'm alive. It, I walk the earth. Your sperm made it to the egg. <laughs> uh, and so many others didn't. So I like the focus on gratitude. Above all things, I'm grateful. Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful sentiment. Everyone alive has a lot to be grateful for. Maybe a controversial statement. I think it's a good one. And definitely like people born in the Americas, let's say, to include ourselves, have a lot of, what do you call that, privilege? We have a lot of privilege. I think that's what he's getting at. We won some lottery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he should reword this to incorporate <laughs> privilege more. That'd be really good with it. like his fan base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're hardworking people who recognize our privilege. Well, that's what I. That's how I take. I believe I've won the greatest lottery of all time. He's just saying I, Mike Rowe, admit that I have. I'm a privileged privilege. white I'm male. I'm a privileged white male who lives in America, and you know I won the lottery. Number two, I believe that I am entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Nothing more. I also understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are not the same thing. Okay, the first thing I want to focus in on this is entitled to life. So for me, if you're entitled to life, then that like immediately brings you into the territory of universal basic outcome. Like in order to have life, you need to have food. In order to have life, you need to have shelter. shelter yeah. uh, in order to have life, you need to have... In the modern day, enough data on your phone. Yeah. Let's be realistic. <laughs> I mean, you could you could technically stay alive without that, but it's I don't know if it's a life, you know, to have a life. Yeah, when you because well, when he says greatest lottery of all time, he's using a metaphor. So when he talks about life, he's it'd be weird if he was just talking about like sustaining your heartbeat at that point. Yeah, like I'm I'm entitled to <laughs> to be in a coma as long as my heartbeat <laughs> is still going. <laughs> Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And I mean, like, yeah, you can't guarantee anyone's going to be happy. They could have lots of great things and have a chemical imbalance and not be happy. Even the antidepressants don't work. They're not happy. So, like, yeah, saying that anyone is entitled to happiness is technically kind of impossible. You can't guarantee that for anyone. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, the pursuit of happiness alone, I mean, you, you, you wouldn't want to have like you know a carrot hanging from a string in in front of the donkey you know what i mean where you can never reach the carrot it's you want to be able to sometimes reach the carrot but then have a new carrot put in front of you because <laughs> yeah. if you just catch the carrot then you're like oh i got the carrot and you eat it and then you're like now what do i do yeah it just it kind of it wigs me out to say well i understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness aren't the same thing it just makes me think of someone like working really hard their whole life in hopes of one day having a good future a future that never comes. And Micro is just sitting there like giving a thumbs up. He's like, that's the way it is. Yeah. No, I'm trying to like make a, a an interpretation of this that is is good and reasonable. But the, the people who make that distinction and likely Micro, even though I've only just learned of him the past couple of days, are generally making an awful point about like <laughs> that if your life sucks too bad you were allowed to try it just and it seems a bit snarky especially like knowing that this is coming from like a literal millionaire like, yeah <laughs> who does a tv show called dirty jobs or did a tv show called dirty jobs where he would like larp at doing these dirty yeah, go jobs hang out with someone like, making 35k a year cleaning up poo yeah and he'd clean up poo one time and be like oh it's bad oh i got poo in my mouth and he's like oh did you guys get that shot of me cleaning the poo all right time to Perfect. go to a fancy restaurant see you later <laughs> Dude, I know you probably got a lot of work to catch up on because we slowed you down with our camera crews. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know usually at this point of the day you would have cleaned multiple storm drains, but, you know, we need to get our shots. <laughs> we need to get our shots to keep the uh, coastal liberal city money coming in. <laughs> Number three, I believe there's no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities and it's up to me to make the best of them. What? 
I just have to disagree. There's yeah, such I was a thing say, as a bad job. Plain wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's like in all things. <laughs> There, there has to be a distinction between like good. If, if there's such a thing as a good job, there has to be such a thing as a bad job, because if they're all good jobs, then there's no distinction and there's no like there's no meaning to the term good job. Yeah, it's like it's like micro believes about jobs what right wing people accuse communists of wanting. It's yeah, like really, everyone like... has equal equally good jobs. Everyone is equally the same height. <laughs> right right just well just factually all jobs are equally all, the same all jobs are opportunities like just flat that's it all jobs are opportunities whether you are being interviewed to be the ceo the new ceo of uber now that travis what's his name is stepped down or you're interviewing to be uh, uh, uh a bum wiper <laughs> a literal bum wiper <laughs> For people who can't wipe their own bums, each of those contains within it the same amount of opportunity for for money making, for um, happiness, for the, the the rest of your life, and it's up to you to make the best of it. Yeah, I don't know. That one just seems like I just can't agree with it at all. I guess it's like it's kind of true that even in a horrible dead end, low paying job, it's technically possible to arrange your living situation to spend as little money as possible save for the future and then look for better opportunities like that's the sliver of truth there Mm -hmm. and i think if you're forced with that situation it's probably good to have like the empowerment micro narrative behind you Mm -hmm. but then also being a foreign labor in qatar who is a literal slave is a bad job so i'm gonna have to give a little less than half marks on this one for for the sweat pledge. Yeah, that just actually reminded me of, this is like going back to early podcasts. Like I was talking about how I managed to trick myself out of being depressed about my job by saying that I was choosing to go there because, you know, none of the other options that were available, like I wanted to go to work. I actually did want to go to work because otherwise I would do something else. It's, it feels kind of like that same little little Jedi mind trick, like the self hypnosis of like <laughs> reminding yourself that this week you'd rather submit to the job and get the paycheck than to do all of the work of seeking out an alternative. Yeah. So like all jobs, like all jobs contain some opportunity for sure. But I feel like just saying that all jobs are opportunities kind of flattens the difference, and it's uh, poorly phrased. I think you could improve that micro. Yeah, if I was like a great uncle or a grandpa, like yelling at my lazy grandson, I would, I'd probably fully agree. Hey man, how's it going? I am overjoyed. I'm so happy. Thank you for asking. What's up? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, Well, something really big has happened to me. I have won the Spanish Christmas lottery. I am a billionaire. Christmas lottery, a a billionaire. It's the greatest lottery of all time. It's the largest. It's open to everyone. Like not like you're not from Spain or whatever. But no, yeah, actually, all I did was micro TV hosts. Yeah, uh, former host of Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, he had this pledge on his site. You know, it's called the Sweat Pledge, and the first thing that you have to agree to sign it is that you believe you won the greatest lottery of all time and so i was just did some googling greatest lottery of all time spanish christmas lottery yeah i believe it i won i won the greatest lottery of all time the spanish uh, christmas lottery but did you get any like confirmation that you had won it or you just like you just have to believe it because you signed the pledge I believe. I needed to believe to sign the pledge, and now I do, and I just really do believe. There's there's a short list of things I believe in this world. It's that hard work is going to be rewarded. I, I, I've got some religious convictions. Those are private to me. Yeah. Um, I also believe I won the Spanish Christmas lottery. You see the uh, gold chain around your wrist there. Oh, uh, yeah, just living within my means. You know, I got a couple of bills on the way, so it's short for billion, not just bills. Right, like not, not a 20. like 100 bucks. Or no, something. no, yeah. we're talking about over $2 billion. How much did that cost? Well, it's private, but because we're friends, well, let's just say it was in the commas. Let's just say that. There's a comma in the number I paid for this. I can afford it. It's within my means. Yeah, well, could because you believe you won this lottery. and I did. I know it. Yeah, I got it. I won the lottery. All right. You well, should see my place. I decked it out. I've got some new things installed. It's wild. And it's just a big testament to my hard work, my my work ethic, my dedication to your it. sweat. My sweat, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually still, if you touch me physically, you can see I'm sweating. 
It's because I've been working so hard and that's I true. won the Spanish Christmas yeah, lottery. Yeah, that's moist. Yeah, look at this. Look when I move my arm away from my body, how it's, it sticks for a second there. Yeah, the skin's sticking. You can really see that with your shirt off here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't wear shirts anymore. It's part of my new life. Spanish Christmas lottery winner. Seems strange that you won the lottery, but you didn't buy a ticket. And yeah, a lot of people have. Um, a lot of people say stuff like that. Right. To me. Right. Because you've been telling a lot of people about this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people give negative feedback like that, but I just ignore them because my belief is unshakable. Number four, I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. So this one I didn't quite understand, and I watched a little YouTube video of him talking about it more. And like, like, why not follow your passion? Like, why do you have to pledge not to follow your passion? <laughs> I promise. I solemnly promise, Micro, whether or not you give me the scholarship, I'm not going to follow my passion. Um, I'm going to try to look for the lowest paid bum wiping position. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, okay. So the video I watched, he started talking about how like, okay, say your passion is to be an astronaut. And then there's this whole list of things you need to do to be an astronaut. And like, maybe you get there, maybe you don't. But instead of following your passion, you should look for opportunities and then pursue them with passion. So I don't know. It just seems like it's like a turn of phrase that has very little meaning in it. Yeah, well, he's he's like what a lot of people mean by follow your passion is basically still what he's talking about. Yeah, and like no one would give the advice follow your passion blindly without any conception of how to actualize your your desired outcome. Yeah, or if like your passion is I want to metamorphosize into a horse, like no, <laughs> no, no teachers are telling their students, go for it. We believe in you. It's like, it's like that really shallow criticism of the idea of telling kids you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. And people are like, oh yeah, well you can't be a door. Hmm. Can ya? <laughs> Checkmate. It's like, but <laughs> public school system is telling our children it's okay to want to be a door when you grow up and you don't have to work at all to get there. It takes hard work to become a door. Okay, but the good I guess the good thing about this, I do not follow my passion, I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. Like that's that's fairly true. I had this moment actually, I was at an AW like it was probably a few years ago now, where I was just watching the person move between the cashier thing and like filling glasses and like grabbing things for the order and just like seemed really in the zone and in the flow and I was like oh like part of me felt sad about it that I was like oh that's like what you're it sucks that you don't have something better to be in the flow about but I guess it's good to be in the flow even at that job like it's probably better it feels better subjectively to be in a state of passion and enthusiasm no matter what the job is yeah, and, not. It, and if you're in, for whatever reason, like we're throughout our lives, we're going to find ourselves in positions that are challenging, where we have to do things that if we were, if we're up to us, we maybe wouldn't be doing for one reason or another, if that's a paycheck or because there's just some, something that needs to change or be fixed. And if, if you don't fix it yourself, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and in those cases, it's definitely true that you, it's ideal to not like, just hate it the whole time and like drag your feet and be a, a wiener about it. Yeah. Like it's good. It's good subjective advice for having your life feel better. Number five, I deplore debt and I do all I can to avoid it. I would rather live in a tent and eat beans than borrow money to pay for a lifestyle I can't afford. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> As Sean knows, I just used him as a character reference to get a small loan so that I could buy a new cell phone and make sure that I have enough money to go on a vacation I'm planning <laughs> for the summer. So, yeah, that's totally not me. If anyone's wondering what my character reference of Aaron was, I said he was a very good guy and that I trust him. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I also spent the entire year of 2012 unemployed, racking up as much debt as I could on my credit cards and then settled the credit card accounts for like 55 to 65% of the total balance after a year or so of being called by debt collectors every day. 
Mike Rowe is spinning in his gold <laughs> throne right now. His gold throne made of wrenches and, and other... <laughs> yeah, it's easy for him to say because he can afford quite the lifestyle with that, that Discovery Channel money. Yeah, I would never get into debt. <laughs> this gold throne? No, I paid for it with Discovery Channel money. I can afford this lifestyle. I mean, it's good advice. It's good advice not to go into debt. I'm going to pay off this small loan fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as afraid of debt as Mike Rowe seems to be in general, but I generally, I mean, you don't want to get big debt it's, if, if it's not uh, badly needed. Um, but, I mean, you can always well, declare this, bankruptcy. This cartoonish idea of <laughs> living in a tent and eating beans, though, like Mike Rowe, um, have you ever tried to live in a tent and eat beans? And like probably for like 20 minutes. 20 minutes for the camera. (laughs) (laughs) On a TV show. Well, first of all, okay, well, here's a couple things that maybe you haven't thought of, Micro. If you're like trying to work a job because you don't want to rack up a debt, you're living in a tent and eating beans. Where are you going to park that tent? Where are you going to put that tent down? Public park? On the streets? Tent city from all the people who have been pushed out of social housing in your city, uh, low income and, and welfare recipients, you're going to stay with them. And what about these beans? Are these canned beans or are these dry beans that you're soaking first? Are they soaking in your tent while you're at work? Yeah. And how are you cooking them? And like, yeah, it's, it's actually, the, those are a lot of good questions because like if you wanted to live on a campsite, it's like what, even a cheap campsite, like 15, 20 bucks a night. Something or you're like, like living in someone's backyard or something. But at that oh, point, yeah, it's okay. like they might as well let you crash on their couch. Like, why are you getting a tent? And yeah, they've got yeah. a kitchen. You can cook your beans there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but then you're just relying on, like, that's a lifestyle you can't afford. You're mooching someone else's kitchen and, come on, micro. Come on, micro. I mean, maybe try living in a tent and eating some beans <laughs> while working a job at the same time and see how unrealistic your little cartoonish fantasy you're lying out for your syncopanic fantasy. <laughs> Like laying out for your syncopant hardworking fans, so I mean, obsessed with working hard though. Maybe, maybe what micro means here is that we should set aside space in all cities for people to set up tents to live in for free. Yeah, and that beans should be free. Like the, at the very least. Yeah, at the intro know. to the tent, so you get a free tent. You get a can, you get a bunch of cans of beans. Like that's the entitled to life from the earlier it's, one. Exactly, life yeah. and liberty. You have yeah. the liberty to eat the free government beans, live on the free government campsite, and then you can have the pursuit of happiness, work hard without getting debt from there. You know what? I think Mike Rose onto something. Yeah, num- number five is be decent. Okay, we figured it out. Six. I believe that my safety is my responsibility. I understand that being in compliance doesn't necessarily mean I'm out of danger. Yeah, what's he pushing back against on this thing? Like, yeah, I think it, it's got to be like worksite safety compliance. That your safety is your responsibility. No, it's it's actually the company's responsibility. <laughs> I mean, like legally, in a lot of ways, like it, it's the company's responsibility. That's why they like. You know, there's such a thing as workers' compensation if you're injured on the job, and like, like yeah, and this and that comes from a, a long history of workers being badly injured at work and having very little choice about whether or not they're going to work in dangerous conditions or not work. So they either have to live in a tent and eat beans or go to a dangerous work site. Back when you actually could live in a tent and eat beans, yeah, because there was somewhere <laughs> still unowned that you could set up a tent. Yeah, so that one's, I feel like, I don't even know if I want to give it any, like, it's just, I mean, like, yes, it's good to be as safe as possible for yourself. Don't just be like, technically, I don't have to put my harness on. (laughs) But it's good that we put the responsibility for worker safety on organizations that monitor companies and things like that. Like, that's a a pretty good system. I don't think we should Mm -hmm. do away with that. By all means, have dirty jobs, but they should also be safe. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's not just the worker's responsibility. It's also the company's responsibility. Like, that just seems like apologizing for terrible companies' working conditions and letting them off the hook. Oh, my God. This this sweat pledge thing, it's... Yeah, it's made a hard job even harder. Ever since Mike Rowe typed this thing up, didn't think of the consequences, what he was doing. Oh, okay, look. Right there, another one. Sir, 
Sir, are you in there? Hello? Sir. Hello? We can, we can smell the beans cooking, sir. I know you're in there. Sir, can you open up? Okay, we're gonna unzip the tent now, sir. Okay, what are you doing oh, in here? Yeah, put on some pants, for Christ's oh, sake. This is okay. a public park. Yeah. This is, you can't there's just camp There's here. a child right there. They can smell your beans. They know exactly what's going on. Why don't you just take out a loan, get an apartment, clean yourself off, for Christ's sakes. Maybe you wouldn't lose your job if you had a shower. Yeah, what are, you, what are you cleaning? And you're eating, you're just eating a one food item diet. Doesn't make any sense. Your tent smells a lot like farts, like yeah, a lot like, of farts. Yeah, Maybe you a, should vary your diet. It's, an, it's a notorious correlation there, sir. You can't stay here. There's literally nowhere within the city limits where you're allowed to just set up this tent and live like this. I, I, we, I, I don't care that you've signed a pledge to Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe doesn't write the laws. He's not the police for us. And it's not a legally binding pledge. You just, just you printed it off on the internet. You, it's a crumpled in your hand. Mike Rowe doesn't even know you signed it. I like yeah, You're showing it to us, but we, we don't care. It's worth nothing to us, sir. We tase people over stuff like this, sir. Take the pot of beans off the hot plate Remove the stuff from the tent or we're going to do it for you. I hate to do it. I, I, I've poured out pots of beans. I want you to keep your beans, sir, but I will pour it out if I have to. Yeah. You know what Mike Rowe doesn't understand is that sometimes going into debt can be an investment in your future uh, so that, you know, you can maintain your job. You can um, keep your apartment. You can keep food in your children's mouths and roofs over their heads and I've loved his show for a long time. I'm a big fan of Dirty Jobs, but he's got to revise this pledge. Someone yeah. has got to talk to Mike Rowe about revising this pledge. It's got big holes in it. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Number seven. I believe that the best way to distinguish myself at work is to show up early, stay late, and cheerfully volunteer for every crappy task there is. I actually agree with this. That's probably That probably is one of the best ways to distinguish yourself at work. I don't do that. I don't want myself distinguished at work. I do my best to lay as low as possible at work. <laughs> That's generally my strategy. I don't want to take on any extra tasks. I don't want to be noticed if possible. Yeah, and at the jobs I've had that I've actually enjoyed, respected my bosses, and, and wanted to, like further myself there. I, I did kind of do that. I did kind of show up early, stay late and cheerfully volunteer for crappy tasks. But most of the jobs I've ever had haven't been in that category. And I actually will show up a little bit late, try to leave early if I can and avoid as much as possible doing crappy tasks. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, okay, if I if at my job, my goal was to move up to, say, a, a junior manager position and then maybe move up to a general manager position and then maybe move up to a regional manager. Like if that if that was my goal was to play that game of climbing the ladder of middle management and being the uh, taking shit from the people below me and the people above me and being in this terrible position of responsibility that just generally seems like an awful life. Uh, no offense to anyone who's a manager. I just it seems terrible. If that was my goal, then yeah, like the, that that's good advice for how to achieve that goal. That's how you're going to move up a corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it might be good for your reputation with bosses that are taking advantage of you if you let them take advantage of you. You know, like if 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 your boss wants you to work unpaid overtime and you do it, I mean, that's, that's probably going to... They, they might not like you for it, but at least they won't get mad that you're asking for the overtime they owe you. You know, you got to you got to eat a lot of shit in order to eventually maybe, maybe be the one who makes other people eat shit. Yeah. And there's also a real, there's a real risk that micro isn't mentioning here in the sweat pledge, which is that if you do that, it's not necessarily going to be good for your career. It might just teach people that you're willing to eat shit. Right, right, right. And like you get branded as the shit eater. So they just give you all the <laughs> crappiest tasks. They actually start to expect you to do unpaid overtime, show up early all the time, do extra work. And when you stop doing that, they uh, they resent you for, for, for that. And uh, number eight, I believe the most annoying sounds in the world are whining and complaining. I will never make them. If I'm unhappy at work, I'll either find a new job or find a way to be happy. You mean you'll find a way to pursue happiness, Mike? Happiness well, no, they... and the pursuit of happiness aren't the same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think those are the most annoying sounds in the world. I don't know. Like I'm thinking about signing this pledge and whether I fully agree with each statement. And, you know, I can like a really high screeching like machine sound that is painful to listen to. That would be more annoying than someone complaining. Sometimes someone complaining and whining is actually a really, really pleasant sound because it's like there's a camaraderie and you're like, oh, yeah, I noticed that sucks, too. We're uh-huh. both at the same job. You're commiserating over some shitty aspect of your job and you feel the way they keep better. on expecting us to stay late with no extra pay and cheerfully volunteer for crappy tasks. Such a burden. Am I right? Yeah camaraderie yeah so it's just it's just not the most annoying sound in the world like some sometimes whining and complaining is annoying i get that but not always there's there's nuance screeching tires metal on metal babies crying people talking ill of you yeah yeah some of this some of the stuff on this sweat pledge is honestly some of the most annoying sounds i've ever heard (laughs) like (laughs) yeah to hear (laughs) someone say them out loud and mean it Yeah, it would be way more annoying than someone complaining at their job about being mistreated. But also at the the same time, I have to acknowledge in fairness to Mr. Mike Rowe or Mr. Rowe, former uh, television host, Mike Rowe, millionaire. (laughs) It's sometimes whining and complaining is really fucking annoying. And I don't want to under like in the place in the context of the workplace. I think there's certain things that complaining about like lack safety standards, expectations of unpaid overtime, etc., totally fair enough to complain about but like really active whining or like people being like dragging their feet on the way to do something and like uh that type i i get why that's annoying oh yeah yeah no definitely and i get why it's annoying when people basically substitute complaining about something for even attempting to improve the situation like they just want to complain to you their coworker, rather than take it to the manager and attempt to have some change made or like if you really hate the job that much yeah maybe you should look for another one you know maybe it's not possible but maybe it is like it's not bad advice to look for a new job or to find a way to be happy at the job but um it's just it's not the most annoying sounds it can definitely be annoying though definitely yeah partial truth number nine i believe that my education is my responsibility and absolutely critical to my success i am resolved to learn as much as i can from whatever source is available to me i will never stop learning and understand that library cards are free no i think there's a lot to agree with here i think this is pretty much the best one on the list so far yeah number one was decent and this one is uh pretty good too i would just to be nitpicky micro because between Two people who respect each other. I respect you. You respect me. Uh, We can give that kind of frank feedback. I think that education isn't just the responsibility of individuals. It's actually the responsibility also of communities, societies to provide access to education. And you've really wisely pointed out the existence of libraries, which is a facet of that collective responsibility to provide access to education. But I would also crucially add to that that the existence of libraries we can't take for granted and i hope that you'll back me in my quest to empower libraries strengthen libraries and actually expand libraries to make sure that when we kind of snarkily tell lazy people they should go to the library because it's free that there's a lot of resources there for them yeah if education was truly just my responsibility then that should mean that libraries shouldn't exist because that's like that's a handout a free education handout from the government that's them taking responsibility for my education in a sense. So there's a little bit of a contradiction in there, but um, the spirit of this, that that you should keep learning all throughout your life and pursuing knowledge is a good thing. Libraries are good. Libraries are good. Um, We support the political struggle to strengthen and empower libraries. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Pretty good one. Number nine. I I would sign off on that one for sure. Mm -hmm. I'll put a little initial there right now. Just a little (laughs) quick. Oh, you're actually doing it. (laughs) Just I'm I'm pretty serious about the sweat pledge thing. I'm strongly considering signing this, Mike. And not just because I want that scholarship, but just as a way to live my life. Number 10. I believe I am a product of my choices, not my circumstances. I will never blame anyone for my shortcomings or the challenges I face. And I will never accept the credit for something I didn't do. 
Okay, let's start with the last sentence first because that seems like the easiest one. Don't accept credit for something you didn't do. That's a, that's a decent. I think piece it's a good moral, yeah. uh, good moral thing to to try to live by is that yeah, taking credit for things you you didn't do it's seems I, problematic. I think, yeah, and I think ultimately you're gonna feel disempowered by doing that. Like you're gonna, it might feel good in the moment to get the praise for something you didn't actually do, but in the end, you're ultimately gonna, it's gonna leave you feeling a bit hollow. The rest of this one, I have quite a lot of problems with. I will never blame anyone for my shortcomings. That's probably decent advice or the challenges I face. But like a lot of challenges are other people's fault. Like if the challenge you're facing is that your husband and child were killed in a car accident from a drunk driver, it might be appropriate to place some blame on the drunk driver for this challenge that you're facing. Yeah. I mean, it might be technically true. Oh, I had a choice to let my husband and my child drive around the city without me. Um, yeah, I mean, I could have (laughs) been a literal, like (laughs) insane person and kept them locked up in the house for fear of ever leaving the house because it's not safe out there. But in in that case, I mean, I think the trauma you're going through, the sadness, the, the, I mean, losing your partner and your child in a car crash, it's just horrifying. That's a, that's a, that's a circumstance that you will your reaction and your life afterwards will be partially a product of. So I think we could list millions of insensitive examples of horrifying circumstances. People literally find themselves in that uh, it's very, very hard to say their choices brought them there. Yeah. And I mean, like, okay, I believe that I'm a product of my choices, not my circumstances. I think the answer is that obviously you're a product of both. Yeah. And even he recognizes that if you look at sweat pledge number one, which we already went over. I I won the greatest lottery of all time. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just admitting that your circumstances are in a sense responsible for you being where you are. You're alive. You walk the earth. You're in America. You're grateful for those things. That's it's acknowledging that you're in a sense a product of your circumstances. So I think there's a contradiction in here, micro, that you might want to uh, clear up. Yeah, if you're, um, if I mean, you're getting people to sign off their their life to this pledge and say they yeah. promise to live by them, but then you've embedded a contradiction like that. I just. As yeah, I'd just be careful, micro. But the the good in this number ten, I do want to point out is that I think I think what he's maybe trying to get at is that a lot of times you can't change your circumstances, or the way to change your circumstances is through your choices, and you can change your choices. So he's trying to focus on the area, like the Stoics would say, of like your sphere of control and what can you actually what levers are available to you to pull to make your situation better. So in that sense, focusing on the choices rather than circumstances that are beyond your control is is wise advice. And I think that's at the heart of what he's trying to say, but I think he just really bungled up saying it. Yeah, yeah I think it was just a little bit of a bungle. <laughs> <laughs> His, I think Mike Rowe's heart is in the right place, but he just bungled number 10. Totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll never blame anyone for my shortcomings or challenges. I mean, I, I, I think where you place blame should be at least to a great degree based on your your honest analysis of the situation. I think he's trying to say, you know, I want to avoid blaming people for things they're not responsible for. I want to avoid blaming people for the things I've done or or feeling like the entire world is stacked up against me and that there's nothing I can do. Like that type of, that spirit is in the right place. But to say that I'll never blame anyone for challenges I face an honest analysis of a situation will often find that someone else is responsible for challenges that you're facing. And I think we should make sweat pledge, future sweat pledge signees uh, after Mike revises it based on our feedback. Yeah, this workshop we're doing with him. Uh, we want to make sure that we leave it open to honest analysis about what is causing those challenges. Like these sweat pledges we have are signed already by Mike Rowe, dated September 2nd, 2013. I'm guessing, like if you're honest with yourself, Mike, like take a look inside. In the four years since September 2nd, 2013, have you ever blamed anyone else for a challenge that you faced? Have you ever thought, oh man, if that person didn't do that, I wouldn't have to deal with this? I bet you have, if you think a little bit about it and it's okay. It's okay. We just got to revise the, revise the pledge a bit. And you know, and writing is rewriting Mike. So if you look over your pledge 
and you say, oh, there's some little problems, some things I want to tweak in it. There's no shame in going back and making those tweaks just to make sure that when you're getting people to sign to affirm these these statements as a as a summation of their personal worldview and promise to live by them. You, you, you just really want to be careful sometimes with the exact wording. Okay, number 11. I understand that the world is not fair and I'm okay with that. I do not resent the success of others. I mean, it's, it's true that the world isn't fair and that ultimately you have to be okay with that to a certain degree. Yeah, there's no way to just... There's, right now, it's not within your sphere of control to make to force the world to be fair. Like, like with, we don't even know what it would look like to have a perfectly fair world. Yeah. People will have conflicting values and definitions of what fair would look like and what, what exactly that means. So I think there might even be a case that there's something inherent to the, the limited type of existence that human beings have that the world will never be 100% fair and that it's wise to accept that, um, not that you can't push for a more fairer world. I don't think that's written out of this at all. It doesn't say that you can't desire to help create a more fair world and that that's a good goal. It's not in there, but it's not it's not excluded mm-hmm. from. It's this. something I would put in. Yeah, I, if I, I, I was would, yeah. just a little red pen under this, uh, making some notes on the sweat pledge. I think that. There's cases where the world isn't fair, where it's possible to become more fair, and it's it's a responsibility that we have to each other in our world to, to try to make it more fair as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the evolution from, say, like a feudal society with a monarchy to the current, like, liberal democracy that we live in, in, in you know, the United States and Canada and stuff like that, things are a lot more fair now. We're not born into a caste. Uh, you know, some mm-hmm. people aren't born royalty. And, like, if we just stopped and feudalism and said the world's not fair and I'm not and I'm okay with that I don't resent the success of others then it's maybe true but it's insufficient it wouldn't have brought us to where we are today to the more fair world like we've already seen an evolution towards more fairness there's no reason to think that that can't continue Mm -hmm. as for resenting the success of others I think that's probably good advice like I don't think it's gonna help you in any way. I mean, unless they like stole your idea and became very successful with it and something like that or. Yeah. Even the, I mean, resentment's probably not the most productive emotion to have. Yeah. In most cases, it's just not gonna, it's, it's kind of a black hole. Well, I think we, we should differentiate between different types of successes and also kind of the implication of this overall statement. I mean, there's a success of someone works really hard and they achieve something. And in generally, in that case, I think we should be should be happy for them. Um, there's also a success that happens out of pure dumb luck where you get like a huge kind of windfall gain out of nowhere. And I think in many cases there also like you don't resent someone for winning the Spanish Christmas lottery. You're happy for them. Right. right because right. their life is, you know, that's but there's certain cases where success comes at the expense of others or something that I think it's fair to resent systemically is that where some are massively, massively successful to the point where they have all of their material needs met uh, within their means to them means some sort of extreme sort of luxury lifestyle while others are actually not even being able to get their life liberty and the pursuit of happiness together in the same system. I think it's fair to resent that structural inequality and work to change that. But I mean, I wouldn't resent Bill Gates for being a billionaire, but I certainly do kind of uh, resent the fact that there's such a massive income disparity and we're in a world where many people are suffering needlessly when we have the resources to take care of them. And I don't think that they're suffering because of the lack of work effort that they're putting. And I don't think to the world's ultra poor work ethic and skills are taboo to them. And they're choosing to stay in poverty. I think that's a, a ridiculously insensitive suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't seem true. Hey, Jefferson, it's really good to see you in the office early. You know, I'm really noticing the, the extra work you're putting in. It's, it's, you're going to go far. You're going to go far for sure. 
So listen, I know you're not supposed to start until seven, but um, I was wondering if you'd be willing to lick the filth from between my toes while I count my money and smoke a cigar. I really need someone just to act as my footrest during the day. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to, but if you could volunteer to do that, uh, it would go a big way to showing me how dedicated you are to the company. So um, this is kind of awkward. Our, um, our plumber hasn't been responding to our calls. Um, so there's just poo all over the floor um, in the bathroom. Yeah, there's, on the this, second there, floor. there's this one toilet that we knew that every time you flushed it, it just kind of like came out of this hole in the pipe in the wall and then it started leaking into the bathroom. And we knew it was broken, but the plumber wasn't coming in, so we didn't fix it. And we kept using it because, you know, it got a poo. And I'm not going to go use the other staff bathroom that you guys use. So, yeah, on the first floor. Um, there's a lot of poop in there and it's getting kind of gross. It's all my poo. Um, so it's really important to me that it's dealt with uh, quickly by a, a good employee like yourself. And um, we also have no gloves. So I was just wondering if you could pick up, p- pick it up with your bare hands. And one more thing, one more thing before you do that. I know that you said your son's little league game was tonight and that you wanted to leave half an hour early but I was really hoping that maybe you could stay late. Uh, There's a few little things I have for you that um, a few of my friends are gonna come by after the work day's done and we we need someone to like take their shirt off, put on a dunce cap, yodel, we're gonna, you know, flick lit cigarettes at you and- It's like a real power thing to us. Yeah, we we just like to like know how powerful we are. It's a little bit of a change from your normal duties, but I think you'll, you'll really take to it. And, you know, just your dedication would be so appreciated. You know, I'm not saying you have to do this, but I'm just saying, you know, we notice who's dedicated and who's not. And when performance reviews come up, when people need to be let go, you'll do it. Great. 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 I love that smile. Uh, you know, just knowing that you're here, you, you, you're here for me. Yeah, it's just so great. The, the most annoying sound is when people whine and complain when you ask them to do something. I'm just I'm just really glad that you don't do that. You cheerfully volunteer. It's big help. 12. I believe that all people are created equal. I also believe that all people make choices. Some choose to be lazy. Some choose to sleep in. I choose to work my butt off. Yeah, see, the first sentence there, all people are created equal, really depends what he means because he's, again, kind of verging into that weird leftist territory. Like, like what does he mean all people? All people aren't the same height. <laughs> All people aren't the same strength. They like, should have equal social, political, and economic rights. Yes. Uh, they should, but they actually don't currently. And you're number one winning the greatest lottery of all time because you're born in America at this time in history and you're grateful for that. Yeah, Again, it contradicts. Acknowledging your privilege, yeah. So And yeah, and when the, the this one goes on and says, some people choose to be lazy, some people choose to sleep in, I choose to work my butt off. Like what he's implying there is that we all have equal ability to work our butt off and achieve the same success that Mike Rowe did, like that, um, or that anyone did, which is just obviously not true. Like there's a lot of that has to do with success that isn't just working your butt off. It's, it's, uh, uh, dumb luck. And also some people aren't just choosing to be lazy. They might have a medical condition that prevents them from exerting a lot of energy every day. They might suffer from depression or other mental illnesses that, that decrease motivation or, uh, you know, even the desire to live, let alone the desire to go out and work your butt off every day at something. Some people might not know what they want. I know you say don't follow your passion, but they might not even know how to look for opportunities, your suggested alternative. There, there's a lot of um, differences between people that are real, D- despite the fact that they're making choices, uh, There, there's circumstances that are affecting those choices that need to be taken into account. It's interesting, each of these individual sentences, It's. I mean, it's hard to really find that big of a problem with any of them. But when you put all of them, to, I mean, all all people are created equal. I mean, in a political sense, I can totally yep. uh, vibe with that. I also believe that all people make choices. Well, you know, I'm yeah. not a hard determinist. I think that people do make choices. I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, 
some people. people choose to be lazy. Sure, they do. I mean, some people do choose to be lazy. I've chosen to be lazy at times. Um, in my some life. people choose to sleep in. I just did that the other day. It was uh, it was great. Highly recommend choosing to sleep in every now and then. And I choose to work my butt off. Well, I mean, good for you, Micro, and the many people who've signed this pledge. I mean, I also choose to work my butt off. Like this podcast is something we've worked our butt off on mm-hmm, for, for years. For years, yeah. yeah. But yeah, when you put it all together, there's this implication that. People who are ultra poor have just chosen to not work their butt off. Unlike Mike Rowe, who simply chose to work his butt off. All people are are equal. They made choices. I chose to become the host of Dirty Jobs. I made my millions. You chose to be a single mother in a third world country. And <laughs> uh, you you chose to sleep in. And That's yeah, why you're poor. Yeah, the implication is that there's no systemic differentiation of outcomes that it's all down to choice which is obviously ridiculous that we could all be bill gates if we had all just made as good of choices as bill gates made um it's not that there could only be one you know pioneering tech company that that became the standard for almost every pc uh in the world it's not that it's that just you know everyone else chose not to become that standard we could have had seven billion standards if that would all be as rich as bill gates yes it's it's completely ridiculous yeah or i guess he's kind of saying that like even though the world is inherently unfair and there's always going to be some bill gates and some single mothers in third world countries uh, fighting to survive that the single mothers in third world countries fighting to survive should either leave their job or find a way to be happy in their job Um, their job of uh, barely surviving with their kids. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it it is true that you should in that circumstance, work your butt off um, to try to make the best of it. Yeah. yeah, And try to take care of your kids. But just again, within the whole context, it feels kind of insensitive and and kind of um, privilege blind. Yeah, which is weird because it starts out with number one, acknowledging your privilege. Opens with, hi, I micro acknowledge I'm a straight white male in a first world (laughs) country who's had had opportunities that others will never get. Do we know for sure he's straight? I mean, maybe he's bi. That's true. I get that vibe from him sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he really enjoys getting down in there with these men doing this hard work and like, I don't know, something about that. Not that there's anything wrong with it anyway. Like if you're straight or gay or whatever, Mike, it's, we totally support that. And we just want to thank you for listening to the show, Mike. Um, it's been a pleasure going over your sweat pledge. It gave us really food for thought. So Mike, if you want to uh, reach out to us, use us contact form on our website. You can leave a voicemail message. You can also, Mike, if you have a little extra money lying around, we're not asking for a scholarship or anything, but if, if you want to become a monthly recurring donator on Patreon, uh, we'd really appreciate it because we do work our butt off on this show trying to put out good content for people. And and we'd love to have you in uh, the secret Facebook group, Mike, for people who donate to the Patreon. If you mm-hmm. donate, then... It's really been popping off lately, Mike, and I think you're... It's kind of like a fun little secret club. We could talk about the pledge. We could workshop it a bit more with the other donators. Um, And you get access as soon as you hit up Patreon, friend me on Facebook. I'll add you to the group. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite part of the sweat pledge, um, there's various parts I do like about it. (laughs) Like the (laughs) idea that work ethic is taboo. It's just very funny to me. It ends Ooh, with don't have a work ethic, really. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Cheryl has a work ethic. Did oh you my, hear? Oh my god, that's so subversive. Murmur, 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 and skills. Skills. Skills, <laughs> skills are the worst. <laughs> Such a taboo to have skills. Nowadays. Society should be unskilled. If people have skills, that means they're better than others, and that's wrong. It ends with after the twelve individual pledges it says on my honor i hereby affirm the above statements to be an accurate summation of my personal worldview i promise to live by them <laughs> like yeah you have to sign this ideological pledge um and just be like this is what i believe this is like yeah. it's like maoism it's like like w- w- the party line that everyone has to fall in line with just like you have the most rigid ideological doctrine (laughs) in the world in order to be part of mike rose miniature society within society of his sweaters yeah the sweat world (laughs) 
he, he needs you need to affirm that his 12 random things are an accurate summation of your worldview like not just like i agree with them but that about sums up my entire worldview yeah an accurate summation that's that's like a, that's a big claim a summation means like there's nothing major left out this is a and then you have to promise to tv presenter mike Rowe <laughs> that, that you're gonna, gonna live, live by, by his 12 things it's amazing uh, yeah, I'm not going to sign the pledge this week, but maybe maybe when there's an updated version, I will. And um, it's been a pleasure, Mike. We'll see you uh, next week when you listen to a show that's not about you, because we know you listen every week. Now that you've had your first toe dipped in the waters, we find a lot of people that listen to one episode to say, hey, this is great. I'm going to listen to every episode from now on. And I think you'd, you're probably quite the same. Mike, thanks for listening. Thanks a lot for coming to visit me in the hospital. It, it means a lot to me. Yeah, I've been meaning to make it here sooner, but, um, you know, it's just I'm so busy sweating, working hard, doing, yeah. doing the doing oh, Of the course, of course. So, but, I mean, these these choices you made... Uh, my life is in shambles. I, my marriage is over. I've lost my house. And I'm, uh, I'm on death's doorstep. I'm so sick. It's terrible, but I mean, the one thing that I think I really want to <coughs> congratulate you on is that I noticed that you are not resenting the success of others. You're not, you haven't resented me. You haven't resented Mike Rowe no. on his great success. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for Mike Rowe. Yeah, we're, we're both rolling in it, rolling in the dough and you are, you know, yeah. well, I'm broke, just... penniless, um, dying of cancer, can't afford the treatment. Even this hospital oh, stay, like, yeah. how did you get in the hospital? Like, you're, you're getting into debt right now, or? Oh, I'm on my last, uh, I'm at the last of my savings. Uh, I wasn't able to get the needed treatment. <coughs> Can't afford the medicine, either. It would stop that. I signed the sweat pledge, and I, uh... If I if I got the the treatment the doctor says I need I don't have coverage. Um, I don't. You're not, you're not like complaining about that, are you? Right? No. Because there's nothing more annoying than the sound of whining and complaining. Oh no, just the opposite. Um, good, good. I wouldn't want you to break the pledge just because mm, you know. Mm -mm. No, it life isn't fair. I just don't have any. I know life isn't fair. And you're okay with that, right? I'm okay with that, and I've cool. you know found a way to be happy. Uh, but just to lay it out objectively, I, I, I don't have medical coverage and I can't uh, afford to get the needed uh, surgeries and, and, uh, and, so, and stuff to stay healthy without going into debt. But there's. Yeah, I, I, like I, I totally I, understand. I'd I rather just, live with beans. I'd, I'd rather eat tents than great. live in this beans. As long as you're not blaming anyone else for the challenges you face. No, As long as you no. know that you're the I'm product of your for, choices. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for Mike Rowe's success from Discovery Channel. Yeah, he's got he's got millions. And he's um, giving away these um, scholarships. scholarships. So happy for <laughs> Happy. I'm happy for there are six <laughs> yeah I, I got one of the scholarships because you know some people choose to be lazy some people choose to sleep in you were asleep when i got here just yeah. just saying i'm very um, uh ill yeah uh but i choose to work my butt off so mm -hmm. you know i've been choosing not to work since my diagnosis yeah you've been choosing not to work as long as you know <laughs> that that's your responsibility uh then you know that's above all things i'm grateful i'm grateful for you visiting I'm grateful for Mike, Mike Rowe. Totally. Well, um, you know what, man? It was uh, it was great seeing you. I got a lot of shit to do at my job. I've just like cheerfully volunteered for a bunch of crappy tasks. Yeah. So I got I got to head back to work. This course. was just my lunch break. Uh, Thought I'd swing by. Make sure you're you. keeping up with the pledge. See you later, man. Hope things get better for you. Bye bye. You know what? I feel bad. We we're a little bit hard on. Mike's pledge. I mean, there's some good points in there. Yeah, no, like, I feel like we tried to state where those were, but maybe we focused too much on the negative. Um, you know, I might even be down to sign it. Would you be down to sign it? Yeah, I mean, if there's, I do want to sign it eventually. I want to see those edits, but maybe Mike will, will think that we're not serious about signing it. But So maybe we can sign it as is and then push for amendments 
afterwards. Yeah, there's nothing in the pledge that says you can't push for amendments. Yeah. If there was, that would be a serious problem. Well, let's let's do it. All let's right. Do yeah, it. let's do it. On, On my honor, honor, I hereby affirm the above statements to be an accurate summation of my personal worldview. I, I promise to live by them. them. Signed, Sean. And Aaron. Well, what's oh. happening? A portal opened up in the studio. There's a, there's a figure appearing. What What is that? <gasps> Mr. Mike Rowe. Mr. Mike Rowe's here. The thing about passion is, you gotta have it, but only a moron would follow it. What a great point. What a great point, Mike Rowe. Thank so you. So wise. Mike, do you think that Aaron and I could be like your right-hand boys and help you solve mysteries? That would make me feel really nice. I think it's endearing. Oh my God, True. yes. Thank you. That's why we want to be on your side. Come on over here, pal. Can we uh, can we kind of prance off into the sunset with you, Mike? Poop, poop, shit, duty, number two, feces, manure, caca, waste. Call it what you will. You mind if I send you some shit? Very cool stuff. All right. Next time on Seriously Wrong, the wrong boys join Mike Rowe in his quest for ideological conformity as he builds a totalitarian new world government based on the principles of the Sweat Manifesto. Who makes these things? My God! Sweat is not taboo. Being covered in sweat, being filthy with sweat all day is not taboo. That's the point of the sweat pledge. Being just a filthy sweat monster covered in dirt from your poo job. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a, yeah, poo. Um, oh, were you recording for that? Yes, that is, uh, that's on the record. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike, I thought the... I thought the hot Mr. mic. Mr. Rowe, that was a hot mic. I didn't know it. <laughs> didn't realize I was disrespecting you.